is Jerry Lee, and thank you, Janet Lee. That was beautiful. So today we are continuing part two, <clears throat> the Gog Factor. And um, we're going to have a lot of scripture, and we're going to have some repeat things because uh, this is an enormous subject, and we want you to be scripturally prepared. And it will take some deep inside vision for you to be able to uh, put this into the package of belief that will strengthen you and give you uh, ribs of steel. So, <clears throat> we might start with the interesting episode in Ezekiel uh, 37, which says um, in uh, verse 7, Well, let's start with verse 3. Uh, Ezekiel was brought out into a, uh, by the Spirit and set down in the midst of a valley which was full of bones. And he caused me to pass by them. That's verse 2. Then in verse 3 it says, And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord, thou knowest. And again he said unto me, Prophesy unto these bones, and say unto them, O you dry bones, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews upon you, and bring you, and bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you. You shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. And I prophesied as I was commanded, and there was a noise, and behold, a shaking. The bones came together. Now, it's interesting that this was the experience that Ezekiel had before he got the revelation that he speaks of in the, in the 38th chapter about Gog and Magog. Let's look at this in consideration that there are 30, 60, 100-fold levels of interpretation and understanding in the Akava solution of riddles of ancient names and ancient places that there are many times a name that is well established and, and understood to be lent for it being relative to the holy people of God or the holy perspectives but um, that is not always the case of how it happens because there are so many different levels of how that you can bring in the meaning of this thing about a name of a country, uh, a name of a nation, a name of a person, or of a river, or of a, or of a, a mountain, or of a land. And um, in the uh, same chapter, chapter 37, Verse 11, he said, Then said he unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Now, <clears throat> the bones could not have been the whole house of Israel unless there was no one else left alive on the earth at the time. So there's a meaning there that is a whole lot deeper than what is prospectively um, brought forth in that saying. There is an exponential 
that is a factor because those bones lying out there, bleached and dead and ancient, could not have been the whole house of Israel. And, and um, then what does the word whole mean and what is it relative to? Well, when we're talking about the word Israel, we have the word God in it. L, E-L. Is, re, L, E-L. That's a God word. <clears throat> and we know that there is a physical Israel and we know that there is a spiritual Israel. And we know that Sometimes when you might say the word Israel, that uh, you aren't particularly referring to perhaps either the spiritual Israel or the physical Israel, but you may be uh, referring to a, um, a work that stretches from universe to universe and that has the characteristics in it that are aspects of things from the the was that belong to the things of the is and things of the is that belong to things of the to be or to come. Now that is a very important thing and it might be a, a stretch of your insight but if you hang in there with these teachings uh, your mouth will drop open and your eyes will be open and your ears will hear. And so we're going to apply that particular aspect to it because it is only short after he's had this experience of all of these bones which he God provides this almost preposterous preposterous um, uh, opportunity or, or, or concept of bringing back bones of people uh, that had been dead for who knows how anciently, how bleached, how seemingly impossible, and yet he says uh, this is something that can be done. Now, of course, people think that that means that those particular bones would be coming back and those particular people that were those bones would be coming back, but not necessarily. They are just symbolically representing a huge mass of, of individuals these may be individuals who the manifest teaches become uh, punctuated uh, points. Uh, punctuated points of reality are persons who do not overcome in a universe or in an alpha age, and yet they are not sent into uh, final judgment. Instead, they are suspended as punctuated points uh, into the uh, the debris of that of of of, of the ending of, the, of that age or alpha age or of that universe, and then there is a point at which those punctuated points can be salvaged, can be brought back into life. They won't necessarily take the same body at all. Uh, in fact, in the Book of Corinthians, it says, you know, uh, when people ask and they say, well, with what body will you come? And and Paul basically said, that's just plain foolish to make a, a statement like that. Uh, why, he says, 
perchance it it might be of one fruit or another fruit, one grain or another grain. He was given the uh, comparative symbolic differentiation of all the different potentials uh, of of life uh, that a restoration or a regeneration uh, or a a, um, a resurrection could have in respect to a mass amount of people coming back. So now, what we've got here on display by this word is that we have Bible evidence that it is possible to reach back into time. Ancient time. Time far, far, far back. And to bring those relics of life that are symbolic of particular entities of life and to bring them back into a modern time setting by the generation of that event and that action. So let's now look at, at the scripture in um, the 38th chapter, which is just over one chapter. Chapter 38, verse 1 says, we're in Ezekiel, and the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him. And say, Thus saith the Lord God, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and I will turn thee back and put hooks in thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth, and all thine army, horses and horsemen, and all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company, with bucklers and shields, and all of them handling swords. And it names all these other nations that, that will be involved with this big invasion that it speaks of. In verse 9, it says, Thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. Thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land and all thy bands and thy many people with thee. Now, throughout the Bible, the Old Testament, there's only been one or two mentions of Agog and Magog. And that's just as a part of some, uh, you know, genealogy. And it is utterly amazing that all of a sudden Ezekiel is receiving this dynamic absolutely beyond the normal type of telesthesian insight. How that suddenly he is seeing something that goes back into a time and back into a space not even of this world. And he is seeing this. His eyes have been opened with this experience of going out into this valley and awakening these bones. Now, are there any other meanings to this other than the one that I am presenting? Yes. Much scripture has 30, 60, 100-fold revelation. And it is presented on several different levels so that a person can apply those 
scriptures, the same scripture, to the different levels which are applicable to what the subject matter is. In this particular case, we're dealing with the subject of the Gog factor and how that something that is so ancient, it did not occur in this world universe time or in any other world in their universe time, but was an event that happened before there were universes. When there were what was called alpha ages and it's so important for God's people to know this God wants his people to know and to understand this and unless they learn to understand it then they're not going to they're not going to understand the the whole revelation of God they are just plain going to be left out in the cold and that is um that's basically what we're trying to help our people to get this message of the long truth into their hearts, into their minds, because unless they do, uh, they're, they are never, never going to be able to figure out what the real meaning of the Bible is. They're never going to be able to figure out the story of truth, the story of actuality. Almost every few days that go by, there are new discoveries in archaeology. And these discoveries, based on the age of, of, uh, of earth compaction, tectonic plates, um, various um, age release of, of, uh, of radiation, are giving ages that are just absolutely way, way, way back thousands and thousands and millions of years in time. And you've got this group of Christians out there who are holding on to this, uh, you know, five, six, eight thousand years that the whole earth world has been in operation. And they're just plain wrong. They're just 100% wrong. That's what it amounts to. And because of their stance, they're making people who are claiming to be Christians look bad because they are espousing a, tr a, a false truth. This is because they don't understand the truth. They have not had an insight into the long truth. Until you come to the insight of the long truth, you are lost. Paul understood this. He really did. And Paul says and I believe it was in 1 Corinthians, he says, For now we look through a glass darkly. We know in part, we prophesy in part, but when that which is in part is done away with, then we'll come into perfection. Well, let's look at it this way. There is the Alpha and the Omega. And the Bible says, of God, that God is the Alpha and the Omega, the, the Omega, the beginning and the end. So there's a a 50-50 split there, so to speak. So if you are only into the Omega revelation, and occasionally you touch on the word Alpha, just using it in a semblance of, of, of meaning, and using it more or less in the 
the margins that would fall under omega, then you do not have the road, the pathos that is going to lead you to the perfection of the ministry. And you only know a part. And because you only know a part, then there is a whole bunch of things that you believe that are not relevant to, to, to truth, and they are things that must be done away with. And that's what Paul was teaching. So when you begin to get into this understanding of the deep word of God, you're going to get into a, a changed view of how long man has been on earth. You're going to get into a, a, different, a change of view about humans and their pre their their pre-existence it is just an absolute fact there is no question to it and we're told in the bible like in proverbs 22:28 remove not the ancient landmarks and there are archaeologists and various other kinds of science digging up many many ancient things that's coming to the forefront right now. But there are people who have mentally disposed, and they think it's a spiritual summation, and that they are at the highest uh, peak of the summit that can be had, when in fact and indeed, they are the opposite. We read to you, about how in Isaiah 44, 7, it talks about the appointment of the ancient people. We also know that in Jude, it talks about these ancient people coming in. It, we can find in the scriptures both the good kind of people that come back that are ancient and the evil kind of people that can come back that are ancient. ancient. This is just an absolute fact. Now as we begin to get this in order and begin to get this into a semblance that has truth value and reality, it's going to change much of what you believe and what, much of what you have adhered to. And it's going to set you free. Blessed be the name of God. Wow. Many Many things of the, of, the, of the future have been declared from ancient time. Isaiah 45, 21, who has declared this from ancient time? Now, I read this to you, I believe, last week. I don't want to read it again. Uh, in, um, in Isaiah um, 46, let me just, um, because it, it, is, it is so paramount. It is so important that uh, you just don't you just don't miss it. Okay, Isaiah forty six, and here's what it says, verse forty six, verse nine and ten. Remember the former th things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. Declaring now, here's here's what's different about God. He says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Here's what's different about God. He declares from the end and from the beginning and from the ancient times 
the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. That which was is part of a record. It's part of a story. It's part of historical fact and evidence that gives us a guide to what may happen in the next life and the life thereafter. That's Bible, ladies and gentlemen. Bible, as concrete as you can get. Just plain Bible. Jeremiah 18.15 talks about people stumbling from the ancient paths. Now, I want to read from Daniel. Just a short thing here. I'm not going to do a, a ministry on that particular um, teaching, but I am just going to ex exercise um, out of that setting a point that I want to make in Daniel 7, verse 9. Daniel 7, verse 9. Here is... Here is what it says. I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the ancient of days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as a burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set and the books were opened. <clears throat> Isn't it absolutely outstanding that when the real vision opens up, when the real insight is made manifest, what do we get? Who do we find sitting on those thrones? None less than the Ancient of Days. And of course the word day is not a 24-hour day, it's a yom, which is generations, an the Ancient of Generations. And what God is calling to his people today in these revelations He's calling to them to get on the boat, to get on the ship that's getting ready to sail into the wide and wild blue seas and take us to a new land of transfiguration, a new land of transimposement. Because there is absolutely indelibly written here that when the final majesty of the all of all is brought to a conclusive reconciliation of what is truth, what is not truth, that it's going to happen after the thrones come down and the ancient of days set. It's going to be the ancient of days. And even Jesus Christ is subservitude to that. Someone says, oh, oh well, you, you be careful there. No, you be careful. I'm quoting Bible. Here's what Jesus said in John. Jesus says, all the works that I do, all the teachings that I teach, the doctrine is not mine. The doctrine has come from my Father. I do the works and the teachings of my Father. 
That's what, that's what it says. We're not making the lesser person out of Jesus Christ. But we are explaining that Jesus Christ in that ministry as Jesus, Yeshua, which is the ministry of salvation, that he comes under the cap captitude of the Father, who is the Ancient One. <clears throat> now, of course, someday there will be a co-ooning, and Christ and the Father will come together as one. But we're talking about during these separated periods in the corresponding light of understanding that Jesus talked about and ministered. And so, as we begin to, to see this, God is calling to the people of this day and people of this age to get on board because the thrones are being set up. They're invisible thrones. Because the God that we serve is an invisible God. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit is invisible. And you can only see it manifest it in figurative things like tongues and doves. And, but, but that is not the real, precise personification of the Holy Spirit. Now, as we consider this, and as we get it straight, it is absolutely important to understand God is calling the people today to come. I once wrote, after a revelation, I once wrote this song. Come, you kings of the earth. Take your kingdom. Let the Holy One of heaven reign. You have thrones, you have power and dominion. Let the holy God of Israel reign. God is calling his people. The thrones are going to be set up. We are going to be able to cross the boundaries of time, cross the, the unknowns, because we are going to come into this inside information that Jesus said one day will flow out of our innermost beings like rivers of living water. And so it's all an exciting time. And this thing then about God is the Alpha and the Omega is important. Those persons who know only about the Omega, God, fulfill the Pauline scripture, as I said earlier, about the church that only knows a part of God and which, which concept must be changed in order to come into the perfection of complete knowledge. And you can find that in 1 Corinthians 13, 9 through 12. In Revelations 1, 8, Describing God, it says, I am the Alpha and the, and the Omega, the beginning and the ending. And how, which is, which was, and is to come. 
And I've, I've, I've been quoting some of these scriptures, I know, different times. I will keep doing that because you've got to get these scriptures down. You've got to know them by heart. Revelations 1, 19 through 20. Revelations 1, 19 through 20. God spoke to John and said, Write the things which are, which have been, and which are to be. That's what the book of Revelation is about. It's about the God that was, the God that is, and the God that is to come. You cannot have that revelation if you do not believe in the Alpha orders and the, and the, the Alpha revelation. You are just into the Omega, which puts you into a, a relative stance that does not incorporate the fullness of the glory of God or the fullness of the, even the name of God. Because he is both that which begins and he is both that which ends. And a person has to climb into that throne. Otherwise, you are left outside in the, in the darkness of, of scattered vision and doubtful interpretations. Now, there's a scripture. <clears throat> and, and, and this is important. In, in Revelation 22:16, Jesus said, "I have sent my angel to the churches to testify of these things." I wonder how many churches have had the experience of the revelation of that angel and of being able to interpret the things that that is talking about. I wonder how many people, when they turn to the book of Revelations and they get over into the, the part, latter part of Revelations, like chapter 20, and they read verse 7. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. And he shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. Now all of a sudden, we've got Gog and Magog brought back into the picture. Just like all of a sudden when Ezekiel had the revelation in which God spoke to him and said, prophesy against Gog. Prophesy against him. Is there a Gog factor here affecting the people of today? You had better believe it if you want to know the truth. There's a Gog factor, and we have to know about that Gog factor because it's real. Now, we have taught in the past taking it out of the ninth chapter of uh, the book of Revelations. And we have shown that when um, Lucifer Satan uh, is put into the bottomless pit, so to speak, that um, being the genius that he is, he's not going to just sit there on an on a imagined rock. He's going to turn that space into manufacturing. 
And we see that in the ninth chapter of Revelation. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven into the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. Now there's a star that fell from heaven to the earth. That obviously was Lucifer, Satan. And we can see in verse 11 of the same chapter, chapter 9, and they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, who in the, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue his name is Apollyon. Now we see that there is this unusual space and Lucifer, Satan, is given the key to this bottomless pit. Now, how can any place be bottomless and have a key? See, the one side of the coin seems to say there are limits and you can be locked out of some other place. And yet, there's another part of it that says it's a bottomless pit. There is no end into it. Well, the key to this bottomless pit is more than just talking about the limits of space. It is allowing Lucifer, Satan, to do his concepts, to do his works, even during the, the time when people are celebrating the thousand years, the millennia. And he's going to not just be sitting, as I said, imagining that he's sitting on a stone. He's going to be, he's got the key to be able to, to do things. Because the key isn't given to this angel that fell so that he can lock himself in and throw the key away. He obviously has the power, you know, with the key allows you to come in or go out. Or it allows you something else. Well, the, the, the theme of the story in Revelation is that he's held in that zone, whatever that zone is, how massive it is, he's held there. So the key isn't to unlock it and go out and then come back in whenever he wants, but it's to have within that zone the freedom to do his creations. And you can see immediate, immediately in verse 2 that Lucifer, Satan, he opened the bottomless pit and there arose a sense of smoke out of it, as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth. We call them mant mantis. And unto them was given the power as scorpions of the earth have power. So we've got the locusts, the scorpions, the mantis. Locusts aren't just locusts. They have the power of scorpions. Scorpions have that tail. 
they say that there are just even small scorpions that if they sting a man, there's enough toxin there to kill that person. So they're powerful critters, those scorpions. And a lot of people would be surprised to know that scorpions come from the, from the spider family. Even though they look like something quite different, they actually come from the spider family. And they also say that the scorpion, symbolically, which is, is the eighth zodiac sign, is considered to be the oldest sign of the zodiac, of the constellation of, of Scorpio, that ever was. It is ancient. It goes back, 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 back. It's written in the stars. It's a kind of spider. And yet it's many other things. Well, we see that out of this connection of having the key to this bottomless pit, there's manufacturing taking place, which is the steam, the smoke coming up from manufacturing. And there's all kinds of activity going on. And in a very advanced and technical scientific way, Lucifer Satan is creating bodies for these entities that he intends to make a huge army out of. One listing of, of numbers of an army of Satan was 200 million. 200 million. So, you get the story. What an awesome thing. Is Gog and Magog an important subject? It certainly is. It's tied into this experience of the of the the parts that were separated, the parts of the truth, just like when Paul said, you only know in part and you prophesy in part. But when that other part that's been separated, that's been lost, is restored, you're going to see the whole picture. You're going to see the long truth. And once you see the long truth, you will never be the same. Listen to me, people. Listen to this word. It's not only fascinating, but it is the utter door of truth. Blessed be the name of God.
And so we see <clears throat> there is an ever gathering of the glistenings of knowledge of God. We are being shown how to read the signs and the symbols in a way deeper and more profound than ever before. We are being shown how to unlock the gift of interpretation. These are the energy power empowerments that will change the Christian people from weak, wandering, confused, meandering persons to stable, rock-solid, sila believers. Blessed be the name of God. Now in the book of, um, back to Isaiah, interesting, interesting scripture there that I want to read. In um, Isaiah 41, we read this uh, last week, but we, it's, it's utterly important to read again. Um, 41 4. Here's what it says Who hath wrought and done it, calling the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, the first with the last, I am He. Now we see, as I showed you last week, there is scripture here in which the Alpha and the Omega are referred to as incorporating generations. So when we talk about the Alpha Ages and their generations and the people that live there, like Gog and Magog, we're not, we're not out into some extreme exotic, no-existent uh, zone. We are actually getting into a deep connection with an ancient past and the thrones have come down and the ancient of days is speaking and showing us the way and he says I God have wrought and done it he's done these things that are ancient 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 calling the generations from the beginning the Alpha I, the Lord, first and last, I am he. Wow. Even in Isaiah 105, 8, it speaks of he has remembered his covenant forever. That's a, a term that many times is referred to as a vanishing point. Beyond the end of the universe. And, and the word he has um, commanded to a thousand generations. Just all beautiful, gorgeous stuff. And it, it opens our mind. It opens our eyes to where we begin to feast on the flourish of God's incredible word. We begin to see things that others have not been able to see. To them it's been an invisible revelation, an invisible God. But suddenly, the invisible God comes to be known. And that is so powerful that there's nothing, nothing that can compare to it. 
Now, let's look at an incredible scripture. Psalms 90. Psalms 90. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Wow. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever, thou hast formed the earth and the world. Now, what was done here, grammatically and sadly, is that they inserted after the term world a comma instead of a period. And remember, in the original text, there were no, pun no kinds of punctuation. So they can't say, well, that's the punctuation that was there. You can't say that there was none. Punctuation has to be decided upon the context. And the context is very clear. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Well, how far does this go? Surely it's just talking about the beginning and ending of things on earth. No, it's not. This is before the mountains were brought forth. And ever, and even before, ever thou hast formed the earth and the world. It's before the mountains were brought forth, or, or ever thou hast formed the earth. It's before the earth was formed. And it not only says the earth, but it gives a, a conjunction, an and, and the world, and the universe. This is before the earth and before the universe. We were involved with God. Wow. It's before you formed the earth and the world, even, you know, period. And then, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. And that is how that it should be read. And sadly, a lot of people are not reading it that way. And because they're not reading it that way, due to a comma put in instead of a period, they're missing out on this ancient revelation that we were before the earth world, we were before the universe. Wow! And we were called, we were called generations, in all generations. God wants us to be on top of this. He wants us to know. These are the mysteries of the invisible God. These are about the, the sacred unknowns, like the Tetragrammaton. These are the parables that are to be understood uh, by the Destinata. This is the beginning of un unleashing the, the knowledge is described in Joel uh, uh, of the flood that's going to cover the world, the flood of knowledge. Wow, it is an exciting time. Now we know that there's been all kinds of situations which are going on in, in visible and invisible ways. We've talked about it in the past, the image of jealousy. We've seen how that uh, there are those places of worship that belong to Satan. And they're being done by, like in Ezekiel, where Ezekiel breaks through this this. Uh, rock and wall and and he finds these head people of the temple down there worshiping all these images 
you know, from other worlds. Well, you know, there is something that could be said for that, and that is because these images that are being used have stories. They have stories about an ancient past. The only problem is, is those are all under the, the cognizance and, and, and the, the oversight of Lucifer Satan. Sort of like when Lucifer took Jesus up the mountain and said, let me show you the whole world. And Jesus says, no, I'm not receiving this world from you. I'm receiving it from God. So you have to be careful, even though those things have realization to them, even though all those, the, the dragon, the scorpion, uh, all of those uh, various kind of, of mention of names ha have realities, you cannot give in to that. You cannot give in to it if it's coming from the wrong source. Praise be the name of God. So God is opening this door of utterance for God's people, and he's calling you out, and he's bringing you over to the other side. Now, last week we talked about this reading from the Holy Manifest, and we showed you how that um, in a great, great past there existed dimensions called the inner alpha orders. And we gave you that scripture in Isaiah 41.4 and Revelations 1.8 that mentions the Alpha and the Omega. And we saw that these were very diversified from what we are on the planet here. They were very, very small type of, of creations. Now, concerning that great awesome past, uh, there are many events that happened at the close of the inner alpha order. And these are things that we ultimately want to know about. Um, this is a, a, the, a time in which um, God, who was the, the one of all, and, and who for unlimited eternities of time just lived in the world of his mind. And then one time when glory was reaching its highest peaks and, and their personifications of God's glory were taken on the aspect of being like angels, like messengers, and corresponding back and forth uh, with, with, with the, the main presence of God, uh, a, a spark was able to, to glitter to outside uh, that manifold um, uh, place. And that was the beginning of the creation of Gog. And from there, Gog began to create all these other uh, Gog and Magogs and, and start a whole new creation. Um, and there's, there's quite the story about Gog and Magog, and I'm going to just tell it to you little and in parts, but, uh, but we're, we don't need to do that right now. We know that God has said to, uh, to Ezekiel that um, he was to prophesy against Gog and Magog. We know that there are many things that was said to him. It mentions ancient names of ancient countries, people, and that each one of those names, and even like a name like the North, stands for the mystery. And once you begin to get the understanding and interpretation of all these different names, then all of a sudden you are reading a totally different trans transcription, totally different meaning, and, and, and it's an, it becomes an awesome, outstanding revelation. And we begin to realize that there are other dimensions, and this is talking about 
uh, definitely, uh, you know, another another dimension. So how can we come into more and more of that knowledge? Well, we can do this uh, in a teaching of the manifest called um, uh, transpirationally, in which um, we can move from destiny to destiny, and as the Bible puts it, from glory to glory. So there are all possibilities that we could do. Generally, there are limits to how far people can go because, um, you know, what happens is the, um, uh, the wave particle collapses and, 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 uh, and the functions of, of the other particles also collapse. So in order to go beyond that collapse and overcome it, uh, you have to really have the right information and the right input that you need to bring about the power. Now, one of the things that we talked about here a few weeks back was about the power of magnification, spiritual magnification. Psalms 34.3, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And it talks about in many scriptures, Isaiah 42.21, magnify the law and make it honorable that the law of the Ten Commandments is not even honorable. Uh, it has to be made honorable by this magnification. And uh, this, this, this knowledge is just far above anything that can even be imagined. You know, Christ must be magnified in your body. And you must come by a spirit-to-spirit -spirit revelation to God so that you can overcome all the things that have just been pacing outside your door and not actually being uh, denoted as as uh, applying to a particular direction and imposition. And so God then is showing us an intervening line uh, that uh, we can find the circuits of the Soundtron and and as we become an agency of God for this Soundtron knowledge of the God who knows all, sees all, and, and, and etc., then we find a way by the Holy Spirit that can that can work in immortal to open the medium of mind space, so that uh, so, to to find this medium so vast that there's nothing that can hide the truth or the knowledge from the Soundtron vision. You are being, being in, invited to that. You're being conducted to come into, the, into that holy moment. And I'll tell you, in, if you just hang on on these teachings, on this um, uh, Gog and Magog, uh, you know, revelation, uh, I'm going to just keep opening this up to deeper and deeper and deeper uh, things that is going to just slam the the critical mouth of Satan shut. Praise the name of God. The Bible tells us that God has garnished the stars. And God wants us to know what that means. He wants us to know how to interpret that and, and for those things to be applicable. Do we have a right yeah, because the Bible says in Acts 17, 28, in him we live, we move, and have our being. And and this is the one thing that we know. What is going to enjoin a person to, to the power 
of being able to cross over the threshold and actually get to the key that opens and closes is the the power uh, that 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 we are told when we understand that the, that the the body without the spirit is dead and and so the universe without the spirit is dead and all this revelation uh, of the ancients and and this knowledge of the ancients is 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 dead letter until the spirit can inject it until the spirit can stimulate it until the spirit can bring it into the trans inspirational revelation that is supposed to have in your mind and open up this field of world cosmic uh you know information we in the past teachings uh, of the universe we we talked about how that this hole this pit this bottomless pit you know and and how that uh that we were dug out of the hole of the pit Isaiah 51 1 and uh, and it says from which are, from whence are you you dug or digged and and all those revelations are so incredible they are so important to understand because they open light unto light and spirit unto spirit and glory unto glory and and they reveal to us the things that even scientists today are questionable about they do not know you know and so we talked here a while back about uh in one of the, this first teaching on Gog and Magog, we talked about the city of God and its, and its diverse measurements. Uh, that in one uh, side, it seems to be saying that all these measurements are equal and the same, but then when you really compare the difference, you begin to realize that the quality and the comparison is not speaking of an exact duplication of the same dimension. And that's why when we look at names in the Bible, like Israel, we can't look at that name and say, this just means one thing. We have to understand according to the context, it can mean many things. And unless we do get that down, then, you know, you're only going to know the Bible in part. You're not going to come into the, the full and powerful revelation. We're still going to get back into things on the book of the wars, the wars of God. We, we've not finished that. Uh, we, we, we've got things still to cover on that, that we will incorporate in this new series of the Gog and Magog revelation, you know, we we know that God has told us to go into all the universe, because the scripture actually says go ye into all the world, and that particular term for world is cosmos, which is universe. So we we're told to go into all the universe. Now the people that aren't going into all the universe, they're not fulfilling the word of God. They're not opening up the fullness of the Alpha Omega uh, revelation. And if you don't open up this fullness of revelation, then how are you going to know these things? Now, we have got the scripture in Isaiah 41 that shows that this thing about the Alpha Ages and Omega Ages is a God-given. We've got the understanding when Jesus spoke in John, the last chapter, last verse of the book of John, says if all the things were written that should, should be written, that it is supposed that even the world could not contain it, could not handle it. It is such 
an incredible factor of truth. But you have a chance because you have a teacher that God has given you. And, and this is, uh, you know, given to you to protect you and, and to show you the way uh, of really understanding the invisible Bible and, and, uh, and apply it. Uh, and what you see to imprint in your mind and not forget it. We know Satan has a seat even in the church, Revelations 2, 12 through 13. Uh, we know that, um, that, that uh, Ezekiel um, tells us that Lucifer, Satan, walked up and down in the, in the midst of the stones of fire. And, and we know all these other stories that, that I had begun to reveal to you, of which there is much more yet to be said, and that is coming. We know that this thing about the world cosmos is major, you know, because we know that in Matthew 4, 8, Satan shows Jesus the kingdoms of the universe, not the earth, the universe. And in Matthew 5, 14, uh, the Bible says you are the light of the universe. Well, if you people are just concerned about being only the light to this little planet, speck of dirt, earth, then you just have a very small part of the revelation of God because the revelation of God is, is bigger than the universe. And there's that song, How big is God? And that is really the question of the ages. How big is God? Well, God is so big. He can cover such a vast range of, of, of ideas and concepts that there is no comparison to the mortals. And it, it's beautiful. And the Bible says in um, Matthew twenty-six thirteen, this word is going to be preached, and uh, you know, into the into the universe, into the whole universe, because when you translate the word "world," it's cosmos, and that's what cosmos means. And you know, um, the whole revelation is something that God is putting together for us to to understand. Uh, in a very positive, powerful way. And, you know, there, there's, there, there's a lot going on. Uh, this recent uh, things that no, NOVA has come up with on the Neanderthal, where the scientists have actually found that there's a large part of the population of the Earth uh, that has ne Neanderthal in uh, their genetics. Someone says, well, how can they know that? Those people have been dead for a long time. Well, they have found a, a way to restore uh, from some discovery that they made uh, and, and to actually do a genome on the Neanderthal. And, and uh, so, you know, you've got all these ancient, the Homo habilius, uh, the Homo erectus, the Anthropisticus, uh, all these different kinds of man that they have looked at, man and animal type men. Uh, but, you know, that's all revealed in the Bible. You know, the Pison, the Gihon, the, the Hittichel, the Euphrates. These were four different kinds of, of man. And, and so the whole story of what they are just now discovering of the Neanderthal is, is Bible that's been taught by the, by the Holy Manifest Revelation, uh, you know, more than 50 years ago. And, and, and God is enlarging 
the territory of his people so that they can make and make claims that they never dreamed they would be able to make before and just praise God and thank God for 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 all of that and what it means and 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 what it what it offers it's 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 about really coming into the understanding of the living uh, rivers within the kingdom of God within uh and how that the invisible things of this world as mentioned in Rome uh Romans uh, 120 are clearly seen and understood from the things which are made and and so we understand that the patterns that were made in the mount all have evidence of historical revelation and scientific information so when we begin to really understand why there has to be a destruction of the veil the that Moses had to wear and the veil that covered the temple and the holy of holies then we begin to see that it is all part of God's plan to wipe away the spirit of slumber and the spirit of blindness and to open the eyes of God's people so that they can see in a way that they have never, ever seen before. That there is an invisible God? Absolutely. Absolutely. That there is a spirit-to-spirit creation? Absolutely. And that there are, there are angels that have not become angels yet, but they are called elect angels, First Timothy 5.21. They're, they're in a course, so we call them dignitaries. And the invisible God, yes, Romans 1.20, Colossians 1.15, 1 Timothy uh, 1.17, and Hebrews 1.27. These are, these are all uh, in the Bible. They're all clear to see that uh, the revelation is of God and it's part of the plan of God. And then this revelation of the scorpions, which is all tied into the invasion force. And this fact that, that this scorpion is considered to be one of the oldest, um, uh, you know, one of the oldest locations in the heavens uh, as far as constellations go. And as far as being a part, you know, of the of the twelve uh, families that that uh, that the <coughs> that the sun travels around, it is uh, it's provocative. It's amazing. It's a revelation that God is setting us free, and we're going to come into more and more of that truth. As we come into more and more of that truth, uh, we are going to be pulsating with the phototranslation power of God. We're going to be so imbued with the transassimilation of the Lord Jesus Christ that it's going to knock Google, and I'm not talking about the electronic Google of the internet, but about the, the Google brains out there into a loop. So, ladies and gentlemen, there's a great umbra. And there are many prisoners that are held in the matter of that umbra. God wants to shine a light on it and heal that condition. In the manifest, we teach all these beautiful things. Transcendence, as 
Enoch, Genesis 5.25, or pardon me, Genesis 5.24, the teaching of the dignitaries, somewhere between a mortal and an angel, the sleep, a, a state of difference from death, ghost, premature death, suicide, hell, lower or higher, fallen angels. There are different kinds of fallen angels, the cherubimic and the ophanimic. And the restitution of all things, spoken of in Acts 3.21, and the great white throne judgment. It's all there. It's all just waiting to be set free. It's all just waiting to come into its total, total aspect of revelation. There are energy dots in the making right now that are going to become stars of accompaniment to you people who are so thirsty and so hungry for the truth. And one day, one moment, one great and absolute time in the, the chorus of the consonants of the songs of angels, you will be reapers, reaping the glories, reaping the peace, reaping the power of healing and notion, and being able to speak the language of flaming fires, diamond-edged and full of the glory of God. God bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace. We'll be seeing you again next week. We'll try to get into some of this deeper part, as I've been promising. Until then, God heal you and protect you and give you peace. Amen. <laughs>